Welcome into the Power Alley. If you're familiar with the podcast, I'm your host, Pat Malacaro. It's hard to believe that as we record this podcast, we are just over two weeks away from the Bisons beginning the 2022 season. There are a lot of preparations underway here at Salem Field, the first cut of the grass. The field is getting ready for action in just over two weeks from now. We've got a lot of great promotions still to release, and we also have some news for our Canadian friends as well that we'll tell you about later in the podcast. But on the field, the Major League Owners and the Players Association have agreed to a new collective bargaining agreement that allows players like Otto Lopez and Bowden Francis to be eligible for the Bison's roster if they don't make the big leagues to start the 2022 season. So there's a lot to go over as we get set for the 2022 year and as we continue on getting you set for baseball this season. I thought it'd be a good chance to check in with the Director of Player Development in the Blue Jays organization, Joe Sclafani. He was recently elevated that position previously serving under Gil Kim, who is now a full-time member of the Blue Jays coaching staff in the big leagues. And Joe has been around the Bisons and the Blue Jays minor league system for several years after retiring as a player, being drafted out of Dartmouth by the Houston Astros, made it all the way to AAA, eventually retiring and joining the front office for the Blue Jays. And now we'll have a big hand in helping set the organizational philosophy in the minor leagues going forward. And I had a chance to catch up with Joe just a little bit ago to not only discuss his organizational philosophies, his journey to becoming the director of player development, but also what he sees for the 2022 Bison's roster as we get set for the season. How have your responsibilities now that you're the director of player development of Blue Jays organization, how have the last couple of years working in the organization uh, led you to and maybe uh, influenced uh, your responsibilities now and, and what, you're, what you're going to take to your new role? Sure. Um, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, but in the last few years, especially, but really since I got here, um, I've been fortunate enough to work with some really good people. Um, I had I had a certain perspective from my playing days and being being exposed to a different group and how they think and how they approach development has been awesome. And it's been fun to be a part of that process as it's ever changing, um, trying to get, refine it and get better each year. Um, <clears throat> the last couple of years particularly has been challenging trying to figure out the best way to take care of these guys as much as possible when we had the shutdown and there was no minor league season. It was certainly challenging, but really proud of our team and in the way that we tried to take care of our guys, figure out the resources that they had available, um, <clears throat> the facilities that they had available and work with them to come up with a, a development plan to get better. And then last year, finally being back, everybody was excited. It was great to see um, all the hard work that they had put in kind of show up on the field. And then this year has its own set of challenges, but you know, at this point, we're just we're just embracing them and taking them in stride. And for folks that may not know, um, can you talk a little bit about your playing career, playing collegiately at Dartmouth, being drafted by the Astros, and then what you may have been able to take from those experiences and leading you into a front office role? Sure, I was incredibly fortunate um, to have that opportunity. I actually got drafted and graduated in the same week. It was a it was a whirlwind of a week. Um, but I was with that that first group of um, that first draft class with Jeff Lunau uh, with the Astros. I played with Correa, McCullers, Ruiz, Fontana, Tucker, a lot of a lot of really, really talented players. I learned a lot from them. They came from good programs, loved the way they played. I, I was a guy that asked a lot of questions um, and I asked a lot of questions to coaches and the, the development staff there. And just just out of curiosity, if I could pick any little thing that was going to help me, um, you know, gain that competitive edge. I was looking for it and I was trying to figure it out. So we we didn't get as much exposure to some of the tech and data pieces as people probably would have guessed that that kind of really came on strong right as I had gotten released in 2016. 
but it was really cool to see the different approaches to, to development and try to pick and choose certain things that I liked and didn't like in, in my approach to, to this job. I mean, the main thing is transparency, you know, like these are guys lives, not only their jobs um, and their dreams. So treating them with respect and including them in the process was definitely uh, one of the things that we wanted to focus on. Was either coaching or getting into the front office uh, something you maybe thought about before um, before you got into the role? Or is that something that over the course of time you kind of found you wanted to do? Yeah, it's a good question. My answer is probably not the one you expected. Uh, I had no interest in coming into baseball at, at the end of it. Um, you know, at the end of my career, I didn't uh, love it as much as I had. The grind, it kind of grinded me down and, you know, I wanted to get away from it and start something different. So I did different interviews. Um, and Jim Beatty, who was a pro scout with us, uh, I think he retired a few years ago, but had known him from Dartmouth. His wife was our director of alumni relations. So I had known him, known him for a long time. He called me and asked me if I was interested in an internship and basically said, you know, three months, you know, go see if you like it. I think you're going to be good at it. Um, and if you don't, the rest of your life is always waiting there for you. And when I, when I came here and met the, met the people here um, and their approach, uh, I fell in love with it. And it was, I knew it was something that I wanted to be a part of. And that continuity, I, I feel like going from Gil Kim, who now is on the full-time on the major league coaching staff, to yourself, who has worked with him and, and a lot of the same people, is that something that that folks uh, can expect maybe going forward in, in how that uh, the minor leagues will continue to develop? In terms of the like the style and how we approach it? Yeah, and and, and what the type of players that you'll you like to develop here through the minor leagues and, and get them ready for the big leagues. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we're we're constantly trying to refine that process and, and make it as impactful as we possibly can for these guys, especially with the new resources we have um, with this building. It's been incredibly fun to, you know, try different things and figure out what works, what doesn't, how can we improve on our processes and 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 make it more optimized development for all of these guys. Um, we're hopeful that we continue to get better at it. So hopefully we we come up with even more players and, and we just have a glut at the top of the system that that's ready to contribute to help the, the big league team win every day. And we're sitting here in, in the Bison's home clubhouse, which was the Blue Jays clubhouse and a, and a great uh, joint venture between the Bison's organization, and the Blue Jays to really reshape Salem field and bring a lot of the technologies. I, I believe that are down in Dunedin to Buffalo and really enhance the abilities or the, what the players can do to get better uh, around games situations. How important is, are things like that that players can take leaving Dunedin to the various levels in helping them improve? Yeah, we think it's there. there's a high level of importance on it. I mean, these guys are going to be exposed to so much when they get to the big leagues that it can be really overwhelming, especially if they haven't gotten incremental exposure to it over time. So, I mean, it's as, as close as we could possibly get with the available tech that we have at the AAA level. And I think that that's just a huge benefit for us because when they get to the big leagues and they see all the different data and information and how we're using it um, within development and preparation for games, it's not any different, right? It's, it's pretty overwhelming to finally realize your dream if it's for the first time and getting up there and sharing the experience with your family and all those things. So trying to take away anything that would add to that has been huge and guys have bought into everything that we're, we've been offering, um, which has been really cool. They ask good questions there. And then uh, after a little bit of time, they're the ones kind of approaching us about it. Hey, I saw this, like, what do you, what do you think about this? And the, when it's trending that direction, we know things are going pretty well. And maybe from a former player's perspective, I'll ask you this question. I think about Christian Cologne coming to Buffalo last year with a, a wealth of veteran experience. And he was blown away by just how, uh, how the technology brought to Salem Field could enhance a, a player's abilities. 
players talk. Is that something that if you're uh, helping out in the minor leagues that maybe you get a veteran free agent that can help the younger players because of all those different technologies we have here? Yeah, uh, it, it's a really good point. And it's it's pretty interesting because we meet with each individual player during spring training and, and, you know, 10 to 15 minutes and just talk about a bunch of different things. And the, the different the guys that we've had that have been with different organizations, we like to ask, like, is there anything that that you've been provided elsewhere that we're not doing? And typically um, the answer is no, which is, is humbling. And, and we're we're pumped about that. Um, but having it available for all those guys and guys consistently talk. And when they go home, they go to all these different facilities that have similar tech and data. Uh, I think it just makes it a more appealing place to come play. And if I had told 2015 Joe Sclafani or 2016 Joe Sclafani that you'd be having pitching labs and hitting labs and being able to have fully immersive technologies, do you think you would have uh, believed all those different things that we have here in 2022? Probably not. Um, at that point, I knew it was trending in that direction and it got a, a little bit of exposure to some of those things, but not. I don't think I could have imagined just the magnitude of, of where everything went in such a relatively short amount of time. But it, it's really cool for, for those guys. And it's just there's such valuable tools to be able to tie in, you know, what you're thinking about, what you're feeling with what's actually happening. What does good look like? Um, they're, they're incredibly informative. And I would have loved to have it as a player. I can tell you that I would have definitely dove into it. And, uh, you know, I want to ask you a little bit about the last season here in Buffalo and, well, I guess Buffalo and Trenton and what the coaching staff um, was able to help these players with um, on and off the field. And someone like Casey Candell, who uh, was a player here in Buffalo in the late 90s, and I feel like was the right person at the right time with all the uncertainty of uh, the season starting a month late, playing in Trenton for the first couple of months at home. What did you, what were your impressions of Casey and how he was able to kind of steady the ship along with the rest of the coaches last year? Yeah, Casey is a special human being. I mean, he, he has such a good way about him. Um, he he, made, he makes sure that things stay fun, um, but he has expectations and holds people accountable. But just the environment that that he was able to create with the, with the rest of the staff was incredibly impressive last year. I mean, we dealt with challenges that no other team had um, and you never heard anybody complain about it. And they showed up every single day, got their work in and, you know, they had success, which was really impressive considering, you know, multiple homes, different, different spots playing all the time, the late star, like everything you could think of. Um, but it's a testament to what Casey and his staff were able to, to do. And then the, the guys that we had there bought in, um, they established the, the environment and then they showed up to play every single night and you saw, you saw where the results ended up. And for Casey, back in the manager's role isn't something new. He's managed at other levels in the Blue Jays organization. And uh, I feel like it's so nice to see some of those players that he may have managed in Vancouver in the past make it to Buffalo so quickly. And, you know, whether it was no baseball in 2020 and guys moving up uh, a level from 19 to 21, they may not have uh, normally been at. But guys like Nick Allgaier, who, who have excelled uh, now at AAA, and to see those guys rise with Casey as well, I thought was pretty neat. Yeah, and just the the way their dynamics, it's pretty cool to see. Like, uh, it was very clear that Casey establishes this pretty much everywhere he goes. Guys love playing for him. Um, they feel like they get better, and and he has them ready to go all the time. And and again, like a, a credit to who he is as a as a person, as a coach. You know, the one the one part we miss when he's there is that he's our field coordinator as well. Uh, not many can manage both of those jobs, and and he does an incredible job, and just has a very broad reaching impact on on the org. And I want to ask you a little bit about the, the, the mixture in the coaching staff last year and, and guys like David Howell, who 
works so well. And you hear you talk to the pitchers last year and how he helped them develop their pitches a little more. Or Jake McGuigan, who took what he learned at Harvard under some uh, great coaches and managers uh, throughout his time. H how is that mix and, and how is it to find a mix like that with the old school and the new school, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that we're thinking about during the hiring process. We put a lot of time and effort into that. We're looking for people who can impact the organization in, in a major way, uh, future leaders, those those types of things. But the game has has um, become so in-depth at this point. So being able to, to tie in, you know, former players with their perspectives, some guys, they connect with some guys better because they can tell stories that guys can connect with or those elements. But all of the data tech, we talked about it already, like the importance of it and how guys can buy into it trying to find a way to maximize everybody's expertise so that it's going to benefit the player as much as possible. And I think Buffalo was a place where we definitely were able to do that. And those guys were, were incredibly successful there. And how about the buy-in of, of the coaching staff as well to, to use all those different technologies to, to their advantage and, and really enhance uh, the players uh, resources for them. Yeah. I mean, it, it's something that we've been, we've, um, you know, been dealing with since I got here, it changes scary and uh, like the unknown is scary. So it, you know, at first it was like, I don't really understand this. So where, where are we going? But the guys that, that we have are the ones that really dove in at first, you know, they wanted to learn about it. How can this make me a better coach? How can it help me impact a guy um, more than I would have been able to in the past? And just that consistent approach and open-mindedness and, and the growth mindset aspect of it. We feel like we've come a long way. We're, we're in a good spot, but we feel like we can continue to get better there. And you're joining us from Dunedin, Florida, and it's an exciting time now uh, with uh, minor league camp open. And it's been uh, almost a week now that players have been been on the field, right? And it's been that uh, they've had a chance to really get, get into things now. Yeah, so we've had um, already in 2022, we had a physical development camp that started on January 15th. We've had rehab guys down there um, that went for about six weeks. And then we brought in a group for early camp of about 60 players. So they've been here for about three weeks and then pitchers and catchers showed up um, last Sunday, I believe. And then our first full squad was on Tuesday. So we're, we are off and running and it's, you know, it's the most exciting time of year for us. And, and what has the player's perspective maybe been to have somebody like Charlie Montoyo or, or the rest of the Blue Jays coaching staff uh, potentially around more now than they would have in the past where maybe they wouldn't have a chance to have the major league coaching staff see them uh, in spring training? Yeah, it's a great question. It's something that we talked to them about when we did our original opening address or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's one of the most unique opportunities in the world. It's pretty special. You know, that's not going to happen. Who knows when that's going to happen again, but all eyes are on you, right? Uh, minor leagues, there's nothing going on on the big league side. So all eyes are on you. We have our front office staff down here. We have our big league coaches down here. They're going to be working with you uh, and be around and have conversations. And like, that is really special for, for minor leaguers. And I think it's just added a whole nother element to, to camp and the energy that we have here right now. Are there any players that, that Bison fans should maybe be excited for in 2022 or guys that, that they should start thinking about it and learning up, brushing up on now and get ready for the future? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I could give names at this point, but I can tell you that, that they, the Bison fans should definitely be excited for the product that's going to be on the field this year. We're going to have real, some really talented uh, players, but also great people. Um, these guys these guys know are true professionals. Uh, they're good teammates. They live everything that we preach, and they can definitely play. And I think for, for me personally, I'm looking forward to seeing the development of some of the young prospects like Logan Warmoth, Colin Large, guys that I think are just good athletes, uh, you know, on the offensive and defensive side of things. How have you seen them grow as players as they've, you know, gone up the ranks of the minor leagues? 
Yeah, I mean, those two guys in particular are outstanding human beings and just a pleasure to have and, and work with all the time. They're easy guys to root for. Um, the conversations are constant. They're they're kind. They're the type of guys that want to have discussions on certain things. They like to ask why. What am I looking for? Those types of, of questions challenge the coaches sometimes. Make sure that we're we're on top of what we're preaching. You know what I mean? Um, and so we we stay on top of them. We reflect on the year. Have some exit meetings at the end of the year. Come up with an off season plan. You know the focus may switch a little bit because there's no performance on a day and uh, nightly basis. Um, so it's more on the physical side of things, but here are the adjustments we think you can make. And, and we, we've had touch points with those guys throughout the off season. And it's just really exciting. I mean, that's why this, this time of year is so exciting because we get to see what that work uh, looks like and how it pays off. Thanks again to Joe. We'll keep the heat rolling for him here in downtown Buffalo as we look forward to seeing him at Salem Field very soon. We also look forward to seeing you here at the ballpark soon. And if you're one of our friends just across the border in Canada, great news as the testing requirement to go back across into Canada will be lifted as of April the 1st. That means our Canadian at par is well underway now. So head over to bisons.com, find out the very latest. You can buy game tickets now for the next several weeks at par. That means no exchange rate. What your Canadian dollar is worth is what our American dollar is worth. Buy your tickets online and come down to Salem Field this summer. Doesn't have to be for a game in April. You can buy tickets to Star Wars Night. You can buy tickets to Defenders of the Diamond Night. You can even buy tickets to the final homestand of the year all the way in September. But do that while Canadian at par is still underway. And head over to bisons.com to find out that very latest. You can also check out our other great promotions we have on tap for the 2022 season. If you can't tell, I'm excited for what's to come this year. I can't wait for the season to get underway in just over two weeks from now. We'll check in with you next time. I'm Pat Malacaro right here in the Power Alley.